everybody. Welcome back to the Better Call Saul Insider Podcast. Uh, we're talking about episode number 209 today. It's the penultimate episode. I um, want to thank everybody for tuning in with us. I uh, want to thank all our cool guests today, including Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould, creators of the show. Hello. Hey. And uh, we have special guest here, uh, Joey Liu. Hello. Who is Peter Gould's assistant? Yes. Great, Joey. Peter Gould's Absolutely. awesome assistant. Well, thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> Peter Gould's awesome. You got a promotion, so it became awesome. Right. Uh, welcoming uh, back Jonathan Banks. Hi, kids. Hi, hi. <laughs> Plays Mike on the show. Uh, and also, uh, first, uh, first-time podcaster, I think, uh, Jennifer Bryant. Hi there. Our costumer. Right. Yes. What, what costume is your designer. Costume, costume designer. Costume designer. Yeah. My bad. Genius Don't costume you, designer. Oh, genius costume thank designer. you. <laughs> Jennifer, you usually work in Albuquerque. That's why we, we usually can't have you on the show. But. Yeah, yeah, because I'm on, on location most of the time. Mm-hmm. But thank you for being here this morning. Oh, I'm thrilled. And of course, I'm here with uh, my awesomest co-host, Chris McCaleb. Hello. Yay. That's a good intro, right, Chris? I like That's it. That's a really good intro. The awesomest? Hey, the awesomest. <laughs> I'll go You've with got that. a promotion. No, That's very well, true. Well, the awesomeness never <laughs> cease. <laughs> Chris McCaleb, who actually uh, co-edited this episode with me. That's true. It was great to have you back. It was awesome Came to be back. Came and helped us out in, in a pinch. And so uh, I really appreciate that. And for that, I said, yeah, you can, you can co- co- co-edit the show. And I love this episode. And the th- I love both those episodes. That's a great one. Yeah. Seven and nine. This, uh, the three of us have, have worked together very successfully before. Uh, I, I directed this one, and also we worked together previously. Last year for right. Marco. Last year on Marco, and then before that on... On Granite State. Yeah, on Granite right. State, the penultimate Breaking Bad. And I know, I'm I, getting to where I might not be able to cut without you, Chris. Hey, uh, well, hey, I understand. I understand. <laughs> you understand how awesome you are. That's, That's right. Okay. I'm the awesomest. <laughs> as be a, previously do established. do an awesome drinking game out of this podcast. Oh, Every no. Time you hear the word awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. That's right. <laughs> but well, people, people have said that there's a drinking game in uh, you saying wonderful, Vince. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's a one, every, you take a shot. Every time Vince says wonderful, then you won't make it to the end of the podcast. Uh, I think that's the probably, idea. That's probably true. I got. I got to cut back on the use of that word. Oh, but it's really Business, nice that you are very awesome complimentary. That you, it's awesome that it's you awesome, use that awesome. word. Wonderful. It's awesome. It's awesome that you say wonderful. This is a nightmare already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already shit faced. <laughs> All right, and you. So you wrote and directed this episode. What's the name of this episode? This episode's called. This episode's titled "Nailed." Nailed. Nailed. That's a good title. <laughs> it is. That's a very good. And that's title. what that's what Mike does. That's what Mike does to uh, to Tio to Tio's uh, drug operation. He nails it. He has a terrifying hose. Does it have nails? Does it have nails sticking out of it at a certain? Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey. We'll talk more. <laughs> We've talked. We've, we've talked a little bit prince, about prince. What prince is that? It's, anyway, never mind. What? We've, we've talked a little bit about that hose already, but um, just for a recap, you know what? What? Uh, you know what, whose idea was that hose? Just as a recap, I I don't remember, and I, I don't, yeah. Wasn't, I it know I Wasn't it Tom? Wasn't I think there's a good chance it was it was Tom Schnauz who had the idea of uh, Mike. Yeah. Mike drilling holes in a in a hose and inserting nail. Uh, usually, it's hard to remember these things though. So it's it's. I uh, want to really know safer if that for one us works. not to not to attribute anything to anyone in particular. I gotta say, Myth Mythbusters was still in the air, and and uh, I think we said you know actually Jonathan and I recorded a uh, a farewell to Mythbusters on the set of episode uh, two ten, uh, and I don't think it's aired yet because I still think they have another. I think they're gonna end their run in uh, March. 
Uh, they're 12 or 13 year. I should know this off the top they're of my head. They're such good guys. They're great so guys. Much Adam fun. and Jamie, great guys. The whole the whole cast and crew, the the whole the whole crew. I, yeah, the great great bunch of folks. Did Steve, anything the we, director, all those guys? Did yeah. anything we ever did on Breaking Bad turn out to be accurate? Yes. Was there anything yeah. that wasn't shot, busted? I, the one I did with a shot through the wall. That's right. Yeah. And we went and we did that. I haven't seen it, but yeah. Okay. So it's, it's and the true. M60, the M60. Uh, all right, so good uh, was uh, confirmed. Oh, excellent. What's yeah. the M60? Yeah, the M60 at the end of uh, Breaking Bad, the, with the shooting through the. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, with the garage door yeah. open. Yeah. Or oh, they, cool. We did it for real. You didn't right. see this? We oh. did it for oh, real. I, I got it. to be there. It's a little bit scary awesome. to watch. It was scary to be there because <laughs> they had a safety meeting. And by the way, Jamie and, and Adam, they're not just two on-air guys who show up and get makeup. First of all, there's no makeup. There's no nothing. It is it is such a low ball in the best possible. I say that with love. It's an industrial park. You open yeah. a garage door, and they've been there for years. And they and they do all the shit themselves. And so they're the ones leading the safety meeting. They don't just show up and and get on camera. They they're building this crap for hours, days, weeks on end. And uh, I said, crap, this, these amazing mechanisms they come up with. And the safety meeting on the M60 was, okay, we're going to be firing real 7.62 rifle ammunition <laughs> at a rate of like, you know, 10 rounds a second. If this thing breaks loose and turns sideways yeah. on us, we got to have an escape plan. We got to... And we got a, we got a kill switch for this thing. We got it. They didn't. They're never 100 percent sure. As they always say, failure is always an option. <laughs> so it's like this thing could have like cut loose and caused an amazing amount of havoc. But they they're they're really smart and they're really good and they they make it all work. But uh, uh, that show will be much missed. So all of that to say, if Myth MythBusters was still in the air, I feel like I got a lisp every time I say the name of the show. If it was still in the air. Uh, It'd be fun to see them test the uh, hose with the nails through it. But that the, the, the technology is based on a real thing that the police use, which is it a, looks like it would work. A tire I mean, popper. A, all it's got to do is pop a you know a couple of them have to stick. And I think the trick is I'm gonna guess, and no one should go out unless they're professionals. Please like don't, Adam and Jamie. Don't, please, please do not go out. And do test not make one of these. these unless you uh, go ahead. Unless you're, <laughs> unless you're Adam Savage and Jamie Heineman, uh, don't go do this yourself. But. I'm gonna guess it wouldn't work in real life anyway. You would just buckle over the. I know, but I think I think some nails would go into the tires. But I think modern tires, being what they are, I don't think a round nail going in a tire is gonna immediately. It's it's. I think it's just gonna stick in, and maybe the hose gets wrapped up in the uh, in the wheels around the axle or something, Mm -hmm. and then breaks loose. Yeah, but but that's an old truck too. Yeah, I don't think. And to be fair, these are not ordinary tires. Well, that's true, but I yeah, that's true. I don't think the truck would stop so fast. I think it would it would get wrapped, the hose would get wrapped up in the axle and and get torn to shreds by the power of the torque of the truck, and and I think the nails would indeed deflate some tires, but in a slower fashion. I don't think the same would work. But regardless, be, no one should go out and try. That could well, it be looks in, in real cool. in real I'm life. Yeah. What we found what we found was that how'd the, you do in real life? Well, in real I mean, life, in well, show, when, we, mean, when we uh, when we when when Werner Highland is great. Um, his great effects team actually uh, caused the tires to uh, to blow. The the truck would almost slow down too fast because once the once the t- once it's running on its rims, it 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 really it comes to it, it's not very spectacular. It it just it <laughs> slows down to a stop. Was the stunt driver hitting the brakes too? Or? That's uh that's a good question. I don't believe he was. Okay. I think it. I think it, it. And of course, this because of the the road surface, we found this wonderful location. 
uh, what, what's it called, Joey? It's uh, near Cochiti Link. I make Joey say this every time because if I try saying that name, it'll come out obscene. Which is about 45 minutes outside of Albuquerque. And the road has very, a very rough surface, which made the stunt driving very tricky. Uh, so we had to we re- had to break the stunt into pieces. This was this was for me. This was this is so much fun because it's like going to film school. It's like going to stunt school. You get to learn you get to learn so much about everybody's jobs uh, with with all the with all these. This this sequence probably had was more uh, stunt intensive than anything I've ever done. So fortunately, we had we had a great a great team that was that was doing all the real work. Do they blow the tires with some? It's some explosive charge right that's right it was an it was an explosive charge but we were working really hard not to have it flame that was that which is something that you pointed out vince because uh, we looked at a, a number of sequences like this, and usually the telltale giveaway is that there's a little bit of flame, a little fireball, a little bit of fireball, and it tells you that, of course, it's not really the tire's not really blowing; it's being blown by a charge. Unless they're filled with so, hydrogen. Or so something. Warner Warner <laughs> Warner worked really hard to suppress that, and uh, we also thought about that in, in the editing. So it's it's a. Uh, that was that was a lot. Was that it rigged to the fun. truck itself, or was it on the road? It was in the truck. It was on the everything was on the truck, and Werner, I believe Werner himself, was riding in the truck next to the stunt driver oh. and act and triggered it himself. Oh. Is, is that's my that's my best memory of that. That's the guy who puts puts it on the line. He really does, yeah. and of course we had also done tests of it, and and that's that's really invaluable to be able to do tests. One of the things we always complain about is how little time we have on television, but these guys are able to do. 90% of what they would do on a feature in 14% of the time and it's 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 it really requires people who are just unbelievably professional and and focused and do a great job so I remember in the early days of talking about this one stunt we were watching I think uh, we pulled up footage from uh the uh, X-File episode that Rob Bowman directed that I wrote called Drive the one that mm-hmm. that Brian Cranston appears in there's a great shot and this was all old school film cameras this was a, a film camera mounted probably an imo or, or or some sort of crash camera mounted uh looking at the uh, a car tire that blows that was a great that was a great shot and then the and the hubcap comes off as i think we're looking at that as uh, inspiration that as, was as wonderful. well as a bunch of other things that was wonderful well i'll tell you, one of the fun things for me too is that Mike enlists his granddaughter because she wants to to, <laughs> to drill the holes in the hose, which is fun. That's we cool. talked about that last time with the with the hose and and also the soap using the soap to loosen it up. I guess to to put the nails in where Mike. Oh, I don't think that. Well, I didn't read it that. Well, way. I was wondering. I, I read it that he's I just getting rid of his granddaughter's doing. fingerprints yeah, he and and his oh, for that matter. Yeah, I did not think about that. That's that's I think what we had in mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought wears, that would just make it slippery. He wears the purple gloves after that. Yes, right. That's, yeah. that's, that's he's got to keep fingerprints off in case the police or the bad guys find this uh he's very he's thinking way ahead on okay. this thing yeah. and it just makes it makes for a wonderful end to, to episode uh 208 which which yeah. is just a spectacular and it's it's hopefully the audience is we le- we left the audience last week wondering what the hell that hose was for yeah and this week uh this week we find out right up front yeah that payoff immediately yeah. and it's interesting because we had spent we spent a lot of time breaking this as we do with all the episodes and i think we all assumed that because this was this uh this kind of set piece uh hopefully uh sequence that it would go somewhere in the middle or towards the end of the episode as you know because usually you build up to the uh you build up to the stunt set piece and then it just felt natural just to go right at the beginning because i think 
is as important as as the the set piece and the stunt and everything that happens in there is. I think we're more interested in the aftermath and what it means what it means to Mike and also the aftermath of what uh, also what Jimmy did in 208. This, we're more interested in the effects actually even than the. Uh, than the than the cause there, so that was that was it was an interesting structurally it was interesting it was not intu- it was non intuitive that this would be our teaser for this episode. Yeah. So, um, um, I feel like I mean when I was working on it, I almost wanted to take to go back into our archives and pull the Breaking Bad main title and throw it on the back of this thing. <laughs> it's a very it's a very Breaking Badish it is Breaking Breaking Badish main title. I mean, uh, excuse me, a teaser. Um, can you talk a little bit about the song? You chose the song. The song is Mi Cuckoo, and the great thing about that song is, and the wonderful thing about having the idea of, of having this truck driver sing the song is that, and, and Manuel Yoriza, he, he is, he is such a wonderful actor. It was so much fun to have him sing that song uh, and, and to show that the, this character has a lighter side to him. He was such a badass at the beginning of episode 208. And so it, it it was it was fun to just see what what does this guy do when he's by himself driving money in one direction and drugs in the other. And so we we were looking for a song, and of course, Mi Cuckoo is is uh, it's a mildly naughty song. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's like I want to touch your butt. No, I want no, don't touch my butt. Don't touch my butt. No, I'm gonna want to touch <laughs> Which your butt. We sing to each other. Yes, all, it's, all it's, the we time. sing that in the writers. <laughs> we sing the English translation constantly. And this song, this song came from uh, our music supervisor. That's right, Did Thomas. Sent you a bunch of them. Or Thomas sent a bunch of them, and we listened to them um, on the the trucks while we were at, in the van while we were scouting. Uh, so we would we would listen to Joey Joey would play Joey over Joey would play that play the songs and tell us the titles and then and then uh, I think it was a kind of universal acclamation between Joey and Brett Santos who was the uh, amazing AD who uh, who guided this episode uh, and the rest everybody else in the truck while we were in the, in the van while we were driving around looking for the right piece of deserted road for this for this episode and that was it's just it's a fun song and I, I would sing along with that. So can you talk about the billboard? Well, the billboard, of course, uh, was not there originally. This is the art department put up this this enormous uh, billboard. It's, of course, what was called for in the script. But, you know, you, you write these things in the script and uh, or you break them in the room and say there's going to be a billboard. And we just had no idea how wonderfully Tony and and, and Tony would uh, and his team would would uh, put together this amazing billboard. Uh, I think the original idea I had was that the, um, that would actually be one of those billboards where you could see that more than one thing had been painted on it. Mm. But Tony came up with this wonderful design for this, uh, this, this motel out there in the desert. That it the seemed, Oasis it's Motel. The Oasis Motel. So it seemed, uh, it seemed like a shame to clutter that up with a moxie, sign, a moxie ad underneath <laughs> it. And it was, just, it, was, it was wonderful. I'm glad, that, I'm glad that you get a good look at it on the episode. When we had to go back to the location to do a few little pickups, I, I shed a little tear when I saw that the billboard was gone only a few days later because oh. uh, it, lo- it was really a substantial piece of work. It was beautiful. It, it, it looks really beautiful. It so really you've was. got Mike, um, you know, we've got it out in the desert, and you've got Mike, well, you've got this masked figure. or No, he, well, you've got a figure in black. We don't even mm-hmm. see, mm-hmm. we don't even see, we see his foot and we see, I guess, his hands. Um, but uh, he's driving a stake into the ground, and then you've got the pulley system with a cable. It was like, I mean, even when I was reading, I'm like, what? I don't understand. What are they doing? How is this supposed to work? 
And then, you know, the, I think that was part of part of it. You guys wanted it to be a little cryptic, you know, in the beginning, right? I mean, I'm assuming. Yeah, I, and I, then you kind of find out later what exactly he's done with this as the as the uh, the hose with all the nails in it with the bazillion nails and it yeah. comes snaking across the road in a in a close I mean like a extreme close up at road height or you know and That's all cool the shot. gravel is kicking up and stuff like that it was it was fun part of the challenge with Mike is always he's doing these things on his own so as we started to think about how he was going to stop this truck we came up with a lot of schemes that would have involved other people and and so we I think I don't remember exactly how it happened but I just remember Vince drawing on a on a uh, on a whiteboard, and I think we have a we have a picture. Maybe I'll post this. Oh yeah, you should post, post this yeah. picture of of what Vince drew, because we were just talking through how how on earth one guy could pull this off of, of stopping the truck and then disarming the driver uh, without killing him. Because obviously, you know, if Mike if Mike were just gonna come in come in hot. He could he could shoot the guy. Uh, he could kill him, but that's not what Mike's about. At least not at this point, yeah. for sure. He's certainly not going to kill him just to make some money. And Mike's identity has to be hidden, which is where uh, the, the lovely Miss Bryan comes in. Mm -hmm. Do you had a, you showed us a whole lot of hoods that you? Oh my gosh, yes. We went through like a, a whole process of balaclavas and hoods. Do we do the ones with the eyes and the nose and the mouth? And and yeah, and the challenge was that. It, we don't want the audience to know that it's Mike. And so to do, you know, to do the whole black outfit and just keep it so that you don't see any, you don't see Jonathan's physicality, that's just somebody in black. That was that was a challenge. I remember to Jonathan, we, we had a hell of a Mike um, mask fitting, didn't we? Yes, we did. And he dear. was like, he was like, <laughs> they, I can't breathe they, in this thing. They scratch, they itch, <laughs> they itch. They got the nose is down on my cheek. It's yeah. Yeah. So we, we rigged it. We had to make um. We punched in little ventilation holes so that um you could get enough oxygen to speak your lines. And um. I think, well, he didn't have any lines. No, he didn't have any lines. <laughs> it was just lines. It was just uh, punching enough so he could like bitch yeah. at you about how you know. <laughs> and I, yeah. I recall in podcast two hundred six uh, how we were singing your praises for being so stoic. And you were so you were complaining about the about the masculine. I'm <laughs> talking about your knee was throbbing. Excuse me. Yeah, excuse me. Audience members out there, we are sitting in a nice air-conditioned room in sunny Southern California while I am in indentured servitude out there in New Mexico <laughs> to these guys and what they put me through in all kinds of weather. So, yeah, I want to know. That's so the actor's he, life right so there. So what's it like dressing, uh, Jonathan? Does, does he put his own pants on or do you have to help him? No, with he that, puts or? his own pants on. <laughs> you tell him the truth. Now. Yeah, I'm speaking you tell the, him truth. the truth. You, you put your own pants <laughs> on and then you look at me and you go, are these mine? And I go, yes, they're yours. <laughs> do, I, do I wear exactly what you tell me to wear? Yes. Always. Yes. And, and you know what? We have, this, we have this thing. Sometimes he kind of you know, gives me one of his skulls, and I, and I go, Jonathan, y you have to wear it. And he goes, yes, dear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I want, right quick, I, I just want to mention that, you know, there was a, there was a shot um, in the teaser that was – originally there that we chose not to use why that's, i kind of badgered you that's <laughs> true that's true we, <laughs> we did a we shot we did a shot that that i loved and it was jonathan pulling uh the hood from from behind pulling the hood over his head and oh. and it it gave away because 
you are so distinctive. You can't, you cannot see. It gave away who who it was, and well, I actually they're not there not that many bald guys think, on the show I now anymore. That, no, no, on Breaking Bad we had a lot, but I think even even with that, I just you're just you're just a one of a kind guy, well, and and uh, and it's it's uh, that's one of the reasons we're so happy to have you. Uh, but the uh, it, Kelly Kelly said, you know, I, I feel like the shot doesn't belong, and I was like, oh, let's leave it in and then take it out, and then and then Vince came in and said, maybe we could take that shot out, and so. Uh, we have a saying: If uh, three people tell you to sit down, maybe you're drunk. Uh, so, <laughs> but, but two is fine. Two, is, two people case, tell you you're drunk, case, you're probably okay. In this case, yes, in this case, a, it was two. It was a really great shot, but I just felt like I was like going, God, wouldn't it be cool if we revealed him afterwards? Like the first time you see him is after he's got the guy on the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of know who he is. We see his shoe. We yeah. see him. You see his hands, you know, but it's kind of it was just kind of fun. I think you have a pretty good idea that it's it's not yeah. it's not Jimmy it's not Jimmy McGill. Who's it's his, not Walter who's White. So how long did poor Manuel have to lie on his belly on the like all wow. day long? Wow. <laughs> no, we, what do you think, Joey? Uh, maybe a quarter of the day. Yeah, a quarter of the day. We were. But he we was had so to, stoic. He, he, he was. He was, was a great. trooper. Manuel was great. He didn't leave him there when he went to launch. Did you? No, we had. To, you know, we <laughs> did, actually. <laughs> I, I have to give. I have to give props, and Joey will remember all this much better than I do. But the crew had to work like because we had very limited sunlight. We had a drive out there. And then we had it. We had a rainstorm. A, a rainstorm. Yeah, so we right. ended up having to do uh, basically uh, two days of work in less than a day and a half. Ooh. And it's it's really a tribute to uh, to the crew and to Brett DeSantos's uh, miracle of organization because he actually we ended up having three cameras running at the same time and it was wow. it was a it was an elaborate operation. And Arthur to, for knowing uh, and the operator operators ab- figuring out where to put all those three. Absolutely. That's tricky. Three two is tricky. Three is exponentially harder it, still. It was it was a, it was a complex as complex an operation as I've been a part of. And and the thing about it is none of the shots by themselves are that complicated it was just trying to get it get them all done but the stunt was complicated the, that was a big deal the right? stunt was a big yeah. the stunt was a big deal but it went as i recall smooth as glass how many yeah, times did you do it yeah. oh, we had we had a couple trucks as oh, okay well, so we switched out after oh, a stunt smart yeah. that's right while one was going we you know i think we only the other one did we do it more smart. than once i think we might have just did done blow it the once. tires more than once Yes. Oh, oh we did. did. Yeah. Okay. So I don't remember any of this. Joey remembers everything. What happened to the little Sabrosito bobblehead? It's, we got one of them sitting. I'm staring at it right now. Sitting okay, on good. A, I'm sitting on a shelf that. in our office. Yeah, we, we, Sabrosito, we have, uh, I think in some ways he's the hero of that particular that's sequence. Right. Next, next to Jonathan. It's, uh, that's, the little, that's the little bobblehead ice cream man. That's uh, right. uh, the little uh, namesake of the... Uh, the uh, El Griego... El Griego Guinador. Guinador. Guinador, I think. The Winking Greek. The Winking Greek. Yes. The yes. Paleta shop, right? Yes. That's right. So, so when you guys uh, um, when you guys decided in the writer's room to kind of figure out where you're going to put the money, I mean, the money in the tires, it, would that really work? Uh, again, uh, we were talking about <laughs> another, this is yet another thing. Do not try at home. No. <laughs> <laughs> My understanding is... Uh, we took a little license here. We thought it would maybe work. I think it feels like it would work. It ha- Can has throw a, the balance off. Has a has a well. I, you'd have to balance it right in there. But uh, but it it uh, it had a feeling of truthiness, as, as Stephen Colbert might might say, <laughs> my friend Stephen. Uh, uh, but I've heard since that uh, good a uh, good uh, uh, 
uh, drug dog would be able to smell the the dope even through the tires. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the, not the money, but they're not sniffing for money. money they're sniffing right. for dope. So not, so not these special tires though. Well, right? I, you know what? I, all joking aside, I hope it doesn't work because I wouldn't want to give any 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 real life bad guys out there any any, I bet any you big already ideas. Had this idea though. I, you know, I thought you guys if, got that idea from something else. I don't think I've <laughs> maybe maybe it has. I'm, you know what? Everything everything under the sun has already been thought of. It's not right. like we ever have think of Especially anything completely when it comes to new. Drug smuggling. Yeah, that's, that's, these that's guys are very. Sure. You can say a lot of bad things about them, but Actually, they are they are creative. Yeah, it yeah. might it might make the tires blow easier, right? Because they're it's kind of unstable. Yeah. 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 A big truck again. I sound like I'm trying to be Adam and Jamie, you know. And those guys know their stuff, and I don't. But I would think a big truck, if you kept the speed down, uh, a big truck. I know that that little weight inside, I don't think it'd throw it out that much. All right. But what, what do I know? I don't. I'm hoping the whole thing wouldn't work because I wouldn't want to give anybody any ideas. The main thing we have to do as writers is come up with stuff that feels believable, whether it could really work or not. Ultimately, who cares? <laughs> Speaking of, and uh, back to wardrobe, uh, the, the uh, um, Manuel having a lie on the ground all that time. That's this is all stuff you have to take into account. Absolutely. So talk about what you do a bit. Well, you know, um, for example, when Manuel came in into fittings, and um, first, like we have to think about, I think about the landscape that we're shooting him in, the fact that he's going to be in in the truck driving, and the whole idea of being. Um, hogtied so one of the things i did with his fitting is i literally in the in the fitting room i had him kind of get into like a fetal position as if he were you know duct tape hogtied and had him lay there for a couple minutes to find to make sure that his clothing was comfortable right that he that it wouldn't restrict you know his acting and what he, he had to do so that was very interesting to just have him kind of balled up on my uh, fitting room floor <laughs> but you know it's 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 kind of the, the the things that we we do on the show that the viewer you don't see it but trust me as long as it looks believable and feels believable there is a lot of um authentication that goes on behind the scenes and um those are the kinds of things that I, you know, that I do on a daily basis when actors come in for fittings. Uh, I have a question about the the period. This is a period show. Mm-hmm. How much goes into thought, or how much research goes into oh my all gosh. the wardrobe? Oh, so much. For example, like this whole scene, the, there's you know, with with stuff coming in from coming in from Mexico. I did research on uniforms, um, you know, border patrol. Mexican truck drivers, and I'll I'll tell you um, a little story. That's for the last episode, two hundred eight. Well, this one yeah, too, but but start yes, with that one as yes. well. Yeah, yeah. And all of those, um, you know, all of those factors. I mean, even a thing you might think, okay, uniforms, uniforms, and they're there. But since I had to think about post nine eleven, mm-hmm. a lot of things mm-hmm. changed with yeah. our border, mm-hmm. our border regulations and uniforms. So we had to make sure that was that was accurate. So I do I do a lot of fact checking, um, and in striving for authenticity, I'll tell you this one little thing that I that I did. And a background actor came in for a fitting, and we struck up a conversation. And he mentioned that he was going to Mexico, and I went, "You're going to Mexico? Okay. Can you bring me? I'm going to give you some money, and you need to buy me some Guayabera shirts." Uh-huh. And I literally, and this wow. is true. 
Gaspar's Guayavera shirts were bought in Juarez. Wow. And I, was, I wow. told the guy, I gave him money, I said, look, and then you gotta make sure you get me doubles. And then I need triples. And he <laughs> literally, <laughs> I don't think his wife was too thrilled with me because all of a sudden he was so excited by this like project I oh, gave him awesome. that the shirts came in and they yeah. really were, I wanted them to you be the authentic. And they look great. And by the way, Gaspar was our code name. You're still using. Which you're still using. God bless you for doing that. it. Thank yeah, goodness absolutely. for you, because you're still using this the is code more name for, for yeah. Uncle for Uncle Tio. Yeah. For Uncle Tio. Yes. Yes. Hector Salamanca. Yes. yes. And tell them why we needed a code name. Well, we needed. Well, we needed a code name because we didn't want people to catch on that yeah. he was That's he was on the, he was on yes. the show. And and it's really all just to keep the surprise. Uh, for for the audience because yeah. we work so uh, it works so far ahead um so far ahead and if if folks knew six months out that mark margolis was going to be on the show and that they'd be seeing uh, tio salamanca i think it would take you know take a little bit of, a little bit of the fun out of it and that's 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 really it's it's really for us more than anything protecting the audience and so i'm and i'm exactly you know and so you know so we we work really hard and it's it's something that uh uh Joey here and, and Jen, and it, co- it costs a lot of extra work uh, for Heather, who was our, our script coordinator this this last season, and a lot of extra work for people in Albuquerque too, trying to trying to make sure that the, that everything stays locked down. But it's uh, it's it's worthwhile. And knock on wood, so far we've been able to hold those things hold those things back successfully. Um, I just wanted to chat um, just briefly with Jennifer. Jennifer, you started on Breaking Bad. You came to us which season of Breaking Bad? I was so fortunate to come in on the final and the best season of Breaking <laughs> Bad. It was only the final season? Yes. I you were there way before that. No, really? no. It feels, and it feels to me yeah. like I was. The I final season being like... the last two years. Yes. So it took the us final two years. Yes. Yes. The final, final 5A and B. Exactly, A and B. I'm sure you were there mm-hmm. like, wow. Our, yeah. our math, the way we count, counted seasons of Breaking Bad was a little... It was, a yes. little, it was like it was like football time or something. It was like yeah. it was a little yeah. But it was, it was like two years. Yes. You were two there years. two years with yes. us. But, but, it was, but it was it was absolutely the final season. Yes, the yeah. final sixteen. So that's why it yeah. feels it feels longer. But yeah. um, it it was, I mean, what an amazing opportunity and an entree for me, and also to be able to just pick up that continuity, you know, to bring it into into Better Call Saul, mm-hmm. even though it is a different show. Now, I, I could be wrong, but I, you have like a little bit of an accent. No, I'm just kidding. A little bit? Just a little bit. bit. I'm just Good kidding. Good gosh, she <laughs> just, just got kidding. off the boat for <laughs> God's We don't come off the boat anymore, Jonathan. Yeah, we come off you, the Jonathan. plane. Wow. Like a really nice, thank like you, 747, that's, triple no, seven, Airbus. I, I just wanted to mention, no, I just wanted, I just wanted to mention that, that, Jennifer, you are from Jamaica. Yes, I am. Probably and, so. Trust and, me, it's and the so boat, can folks. You, can you tell me how did you how did you get your start coming from Jamaica? Well, you know, um, my formative years. I grew up in Jamaica. Went to high school there. Um, families from there, and then I came to the states to go to college, go to university, with all you know intentions of um, going back home and probably going into the, the hotel industry or something. But there was always. Even from a young girl going, going to high school there, I was always interested in fashion and art, but I kind of didn't know where that would fit in terms of an adult having a job, you know, because mm-hmm. 
I didn't know anything about a costume designer. <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I watched the movies and I just actually I used to think that the actors were their own clothes back then. And then um, I was in New York. And of course, you know, once you're in New York, you get exposed to so many things and so many different careers. And it was a chance conversation. Um, I'd graduated from Pratt Institute. I ran into a friend of mine that had uh, just graduated and she had gotten a job and she, she told me, she says, oh, I have this job and I'm working in an editing house. I thought it was publishing, but it was mm-hmm. film editing. And from there, she said, you know, you really ought to try to get into this or make your movies. And I went like, really? So I started off on a movie working as an intern. I wasn't in a union. And I just sat there and listened to the costume designer and the supervisor. My ears went up like antennae, and I just knew that that was what I wanted to do. So it was a chance conversation, literally, Mm. that got me to where I am. What was the movie? It was a movie called The Education of Sonny Carson. I know I'm dating myself here, and it was Paramount. It was about about, um, New York City gangs. Oh, okay. It was about sort of like urban redevelopment, you know, and there actually was, it was an activist, a guy named Sonny Carson in New York way back. Okay. And and his, his street activism. And um, and that's what it was called, Education Study Carson. Okay. And I, my, my job was to sew letters on the back of gang jackets. Oh, wow. And they wouldn't let, even let me go on set because I didn't have a union card. Mm. Oh, wow. And I just sat there and soaked it up. That's a great story. That so is that's lucky for us that you had that conversation. Yeah. Very, I know. I very know. lucky for all of us because this, <laughs> this most fashionable woman that sits next to me is one of the greatest costume designers that ever walked. I really believe that, my oh, dear. Oh, Jonathan, thank you so much. I do. Wow. That's so thank sweet. You. Um, you're, you're just worried she's going to put too much starch I'm in her so hair. so worried. <laughs> you know what? He's just, he's just making shadow and, and putting and more and itchy, you, woolly things and, on. And, oh, oh we left a pin in? Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Oh, well, Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer, one of the things that we, you know, because we're talking about episode nine, but you have had, this season has been a big season for you. Yeah, wait, because of, Because of Jimmy. Do you want to talk a wait, little bit I about Wait, I want right. to jump back before yeah. I'm sorry, Peter, but I, I just want to jump back before that because you had to take over what was already defined as Saul Goodman's outfits. Mm-hmm. Saul Goodman's sort of wardrobe, mm-hmm. but then you had to jump back to Jimmy in season one of Break, of Better Call Saul. So what did you guys? Did you and Vince talk to Jennifer about what Jimmy's sort of outfit, or did yes, just, they did okay. actually. So early on, which was and and I have to thank you guys so much for you you know um, including me and bringing me in on the early development of Jimmy. Because remember when we we you come to listen, come let's have a meeting. Yeah, and because. At the time, you guys hadn't quite, in terms of clothing, needed a, a starting point. Because yeah. we know how he ends this up. This is before we shot the pilot. Before we yeah. shot the pilot. Yeah. We know how he ends up on, on, Breaking, on Breaking Bad as a bit of a peacock and a dandy. But yeah. how do we... And, and as a costume designer, it's a challenge. Because it's like I have to take one step forward and or one step backwards and yeah. then one step forwards yeah. so that the trajectory makes sense. Yeah. And we sat down and we talked, well, do we want him in suits? And then I, something just went ding, and I went brown. Remember, mm-hmm. remember yeah. when we yeah. were Sony, we had that sure. meeting? Yeah. And that's how it started. And we started talking about why would I pick the color, what a brown the suit and the double breasted. And what I did with the double breasted, um, to the astute viewer, you will notice there is nobody else. Uh, you can watch every single episode 
of season one, season two, you can look, slow it down, look at the background. You will not find at an extra or another actor in a double-breasted suit. It was exclusively reserved for, for Jimmy. Jimmy McGill. Yeah, because it was, a and the color also, brown, brown suit. Because it was a way to have the suit elevate and pop out of something as mundane as a man's business suit. We see them all day long. And then, you know, and then we tweaked it. And then from that, going into season two, it gave me another kind of stepping stone because now he's trying to legitimize himself. Mm-hmm. And we we did the whole color thing again. We'll, okay, so we, where do we go from brown? And I went, gray. It's respectable. It's like the man in the gray flannel mm-hmm. suit. It donates um, a legitimacy. And in his case, that's what he's attempting to do. So we... We, this is what we did in season two and moving forward. And so this has been a huge costume arc for me, mm-hmm. which has just been, you know, it's like he's like that it, in of itself is another character. Because mm-hmm. I noticed like in, especially with the Davis and Maine stuff, mm-hmm. like everybody, you, you've basically dressed Jimmy like every, everybody's in a gray suit, but you've denoted different people with the ties. Like, yes. Like Ed yeah. Begley Jr. wears a lot of plaid ties, yes. I've noticed. Yes, and, yeah. And Jimmy has more of a, his ties more of a little, yeah, little, yeah, yes, little yeah, more Yeah, it was color. my, it was, a le- it was just that little bit of the Easter egg to show that there was still something unorthodox about him in a very orthodox type right. of clothing. But what about like and, like and the his, tie and size? His, and his ties get yes. his ties get crazier, crazier. Yeah. at the longer he's at, da- like, at Davis you, and Maine. You obviously had to do research on the style of tie at that time. Absolutely. I took the style of the tie at the time and then I talked to Vince and Peter about pattern and we, we came up with this thing about the swirly tie. Remember mm-hmm. we would refer yeah. to it yeah. the swirly tie and then I made another connection. When he's in the swimming pool, his swim sh- his swim trunks you'll see a dragon and an eagle. We made a joke about, you know, America fighting with China. And and then further down, I had an opportunity to use a tie that had a dragon print on it, you know. So so there's little little connections. But it um, it is a design challenge when you're working in a very narrow plane, like a man's suit, a law firm. There's only so many places you can go with it. So you have to... You, you have to use a little bit of, um, you know, you get to tweak it. Then there's also research because it's a suit, but it changes from 2002 to 2006 to 2008. Right. So all of those things are kind of, you know, put in the pot and came up with a, a distinction. Your attention to detail is second to none. And I want to give a quick, I want to give you the opportunity to tell the story. My favorite thing you ever did so far, I'm sure there'll be even a better one still, but absolute moment of stunning genius it was it was not on this show it was on better it was on breaking bad and it was the shirt you put to tell them the story i when i heard it i thought i wish to god i thought of doing this myself jesse's shirt shirt. and this was an episode that we this was my my episode that we did together yes go ahead this this blew my mind when and i didn't realize it by when i looked at it and then when i was told i said oh shit that was genius (laughs) because it it, it, because it showed i'm just prefacing and i'm building it up here but the 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 attention to detail and the storytelling 
So this goes beyond just oh yeah, I want to put this guy was, in this um, fabric or this shirt or this whatever. This is when he was in um in when pit. he was in in in, in prison when um, yes yes when when, when yes. Jesse Plemons when Jesse Plemons had uh, Jesse Pinkman in prison prison Todd Aaron Todd, 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 yes, Todd yeah Todd, Todd. Yeah. yeah and um oh my God I what I took his I made what did I do with the shirt I made the, him wear it. No, 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 it's no. Oh, no, no. I, I love that you don't even remember this, this brilliant no, thing that you came up with. Here, let me, all right, let me tell it. Then. Help let me, me tell it. No, and it's so fucking brilliant. <laughs> so, so Jesse Pinkman uh, is is in this 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 uh, spider hole, this this cage with the with the bars on top of it. He's living like an animal. Todd comes and occasionally brings him ice cream. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a treat, and he's mm-hmm. cooking meth for the for the for the white power mm-hmm. gang. And and we you know we said to ourselves. Because I think you said to us, you know, okay, we're cutting. I can't even remember what episode it was. It, it was yours. This was, right? Yeah, this was, was 15, 515. So it was yes. the penultimate episode. Yeah, it was the penultimate episode. episode. Yes. Because so, he's been in there. He's been question, in there He's been months. in there quite a while. Months. He's been in there months. Right. So so uh, Jennifer rightly asked us, well, should he be in the same clothes the whole time? Because realistically speaking, they probably would have rotted right off his mm-hmm. body. They'd be, he'd mm-hmm. be disgusting. So do they? And But we thought, well, maybe they would do that to him. But then they then we said, well, maybe that the, the the if he was so dirty and yucky, maybe that would the quality of the meth he's cooking would suffer. This is the attention, and, and to, Todd, the level of conversation. Todd right? was kind of keeping Jesse like a pet, like, like the tarantula, yes. like, the, like tarantula. the tarantula, exactly. So so you put him. So we said. So we all came to the conclusion. Yeah, they should give him some new clothes. So maybe they buy him some clothes at Kmart or something. You put him. In Todd's own shirt. That's right. And it was the very shirt Todd was wearing when, when he, he shot, shot the, the kid, kid. When he shot the poor yes. kid right. the, on oh, the wow. dirt bike. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I had to be told that because wow. I I didn't yes. have that great an eye for it. I should have noticed it. But as soon as I heard it, I just said, like, I, like the hair stood I up on the back of my neck. I said, that, that is so I perfect. I That's the kind of shit we're, <laughs> pr- we're proud of ourselves when yes. we come up with that Thank kind you. of detail in the writer's Thank room. You. And that was... Uh, and it's not it's it's such an ironic thing, but it makes perfect sense. If it didn't make organic story sense, it would it only be a, a cool thing. And it's such a cruel streak, you know. It's it's almost to me it's like a like even though he was treating him like a pet, you know, it's mm-hmm. like a, a kid has their their pet dog but or their cat, but every now and then they'll like kick it. Yeah. But you know? see now it's interesting because I didn't see Todd as being cruel. I saw him and, 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 and there's room there's room to uh, to have this conversation. There's room for interpretation here. But Todd I mean he had a screw loose and he was capable of shooting some poor innocent kid and not really feeling that bad about it afterward. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he was sadistic. I think he just was missing that Miss- part of his brain yes. that allowed him to empathize with other people. But I thought I always felt like he, he never you know, uh, you could argue that uh, Jesse, uh, you know, punched him at one point, sucker punched mm-hmm. him after he killed the kid, and Todd never seemed to hold a grudge. And then Jesse escaped and said, you know, I, I, you better kill me, you fucking maniacs. <laughs> Todd never seemed that angry at Jesse. He Todd, just, I think he really wanted to be Jesse's friend. Yeah. I mean, that just made it made it made it yeah. made him. He was and, a sociopath. And the way and the way, Jesse, and yeah. the way sure. Jesse Plemons played him was, was so perfect. was so oh, brilliant, wonderful. So brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. But but so I don't yeah. think he put him in the shirt. Because, and I loved your idea of putting him in the same shirt, but I don't think he did it to yitz the guy. Mm-hmm. I think it was just, 
hey, you know, I'll put, I'll give him one of my shirts. I like this one. You know, you know. Listen, <laughs> since, since, since we're talking about Breaking Bad, I just pulled a thing from the Harper's Index and because Joey does so much research. Yeah. Joey, read this. Well, estimated percentage increase in the annual number of U.S. meth labs busts, meth lab busts during Breaking Bad's five-season run, 75%. So wow. they busted wow. 75 more percent of meth labs after breaking. Bad. Wait a minute. What is what does this mean, though? Does it mean that that uh, that that busts went up or that there just were that the many more meth labs? So, or does it unfortunately oh, mean that people started yeah. making more meth? I hope not. Oh, I hope not. No, I hope not. But. The DEA likes us, though, and I'm very proud of that. The DEA has been wonderful to us. I mean, They're a great I bunch of people, great organization. I heard a statistic from a friend of mine who's a nurse that in some of these downtrodden towns that have gone bust all over the Middle, middle West, that it was something like 65% of emergency room admissions in Terre Haute, Indiana, were methamphetamine-related. Oh, man. Mm. Oh, that's not good. No. That's not good. Not good. But... Um, and, and I didn't mean to get off on a Breaking Bad tangent, yeah, but I just wanted to let the people uh, understand uh, that attention to detail that we love so much from you. That you that you that story. That's that's not just attention to detail. That's approaching what you do, you know, which is at 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 its heart putting the clothes on the backs of all the actors in the show, but approaching the way you approach it from a storytelling angle. Yeah, but also aspect. I also wanna 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 thank you, gentlemen, and and acknowledge your appreciation for for my craft seriously i really do because it you know it's very easy to gloss over costumes wardrobe in you know in in film and tv because every all of us we all get up every morning and we put on clothes so it's it's sort of sort of like it can be very easily be marginalized and just go oh, just just put them in whatever but um not here, not not on on Saul. It's just I like to describe what I do as another character. The, it's not written on the cast list, mm -hmm. but I consider the clothing a really key storyteller and another character. Absolutely, well, true. we we really I, I couldn't agree more. And I think the thing that that one of the things that I'm most proud of is that these characters all have such clear wardrobes and silhouettes yeah. you can you could go through the the racks and you'd say well mike would wear that mm -hmm. yeah. but this mm -hmm. this is jimmy mm -hmm. this is mike this is mm -hmm. this is kim this is and um, we're going back this is you know skylar whoever whoever the, yeah. these guys and, and in fact part of it is they just have a, a very distinctive silhouettes yeah. yes and yes. and it's part of that is the they are the actors and part mm -hmm. of it is what you do and part of it is what arthur does but you can take you can take these characters and have them completely silhouetted and know who you're Ooh, looking yes, at. Yes, and that that yeah. is that's exciting to me. It's graphic and it's it's about good storytelling. And I, I it's one of the things I'm just so excited excited about uh, with this. And you know, and even even characters who aren't necessarily our main characters. For instance, we have this character, Copy Boy, played by Alicia oh, Yaffe, gosh, who yes. is who is who is so funny. And Alicia came in. He's Chris's friend. He's Chris's friend. I know. I know, I know Alicia from. <clears throat> he had a collective of of guys, sort of like I did, uh, making internet content. They were making comedy shorts and and series, and we were making dramas, and we just sort of became friends. And then we hired uh, wow. Alicia on this show that we did to write 
jokes and stuff and he's he wasn't even in it he was just writing for us and uh yeah he's he's awesome and he's so awesome on this show he's great he's really he's great. really he's good. lance the copy boy yes they got the copy shop he is yeah yeah we went to you and i we had many discussions about his shirt that's right right and, and I, actually, I heard that you put him in a shirt that he auditioned in yes it, he was I, I mean it's almost like i couldn't top it you i don't know? think it's in this in <laughs> this in one the it's previous, in the previous, in the previous episode. episode and then he has another change then what i what i did is i went to thrift stores to kind of find that band long, you know, wrinkled placket shirt. And then I finally found a shirt at Sears, big up to Sears, <laughs> and I cut it apart because I would find an element in one piece and but not in another. So I took these, like, I think it was like three shirts to get those three stripes. Oh, yeah. Out. Really? Yes. Holy shit, I didn't and know I have, that. Yeah, ah, I have an awesome, oh. awesome seamstress oh. on the show, Deborah Andrews. I have to give her, I give yeah. her a give shout out. Yeah, give a shout out to, out to all, your, all your folks. Yeah. she, oh, I mean, a great wardrobe crew. I mean, I, I yes. couldn't yeah, do na this. Name couldn't, them all. Yeah, good. Oh, there's yeah. Deborah, our seamstress. There is um, a mayor supervisor, Michael Russell, our supervisor from the, from the first season. Um, Allison... Jane, oh my gosh! You got a big crew. Uh, yeah. Yes, we have a really big crew. Well, you need them. I mean, a lot these, of people to dress. Yes, yeah. these these guys uh, work nonstop. You know, Jackie on set, she dresses Bob, and um, so we fabricated a shirt from like three different shirts to get those kind of normal Rockefeller goofy stripes across <laughs> the midges <laughs> because nice. that wasn't in style now. You know, so th that's another thing right. in, in shopping something in a period contemporary period so a years couple of years back <laughs> yeah. you know we're doing early 2000s but when i go to the stores it's 2015 2016 and i have to dig and forage and find stuff that can relate to the time period that i'm really working in you talked a little bit i know because you spent all your time in albuquerque you talked mm -hmm. a little bit about sending or sending money down with an actor <laughs> to mexico how yes. often do you get back to los angeles to shop um or do you get all of your stuff in Albuquerque? I can't get all of it in Albuquerque. I get as much as I can. Hmm. Um, thank God for the internet and online because it really expands my my, my choices. Right. And um, and sometimes uh, I would say a few episodes, a few times per episode or per season rather, maybe three or three or four times per season. I have to come back to LA and and get things because I can't, you know, I can't get everything there. But Jennifer, with all this attention to detail. Were you coming off of a long weekend hangover when you chose my shirt for the parking booth, again. my dear? Here we go again. Is <laughs> your shirt for the parking? Uh, you know she sewed that shirt out of three different shirts. That's something. right. That's so, how much she cares. Peter says, oh, we're going to put you in a parking booth. Oh, that'll be fun. I didn't know I was going to live there. <laughs> and, and be a, fair, uh, you're not in the parking booth at all in this episode. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> and if you're, you know, if you're a parking booth attendant, you, you gotta have now, wait a, a minute, uniform, Jonathan. What's your what's problem? Your problem with the Listen, it was nice. If anything I complain about, you go. What? What, what are you doing? What, what are you complaining about that? <laughs> yes, I'm complaining. <laughs> this is a polo shirt. What's, a polo what's wrong shirt? with a polo shirt? Oh. Is it, it that one's we finally found a cotton though, yes we? because because I, I you know I know that you like wait organic. but I hate plastic yes wait I specifically I know, I know. I'm putting it this way that you wait, like organic I, fiber. I specifically wanted to told you don't put them in anything breathable that's right <laughs> are you telling me you've got them in cotton now 
<laughs> Whatever happened to the fiberglass shirt we That's were going right. to use? Oh, yeah. The fiberglass yeah. batting yeah. inside. Yeah. In yeah. case of a fire, it'll just <laughs> grind into my skin. <laughs> um, uh, we should probably get on a little bit with the episode because we're going to so talk about yeah, just want to talk about the teaser. Really, yes. We don't need to talk about the um, But uh, in, in the next thing, I mean, well, let's put it this way: you, you, Peter, I guess in the writers' room, you guys really wanted, uh, you know, Jimmy starts something last episode in two hundred eight, mm -hmm. and you really wanted it's, you know, it, it, each season it seems like it's become a, uh, a a Chuck versus Jimmy, and it's all building, building, building. So in this, in last, you know, uh, last episode 208, Jimmy is so angry with what Chuck has basically done to Kim that he's going to, he sees an opportunity. And so he, you know, goes to the copy shop and he, um, and he changes the dates. Um, I mean, excuse me, the address. That's the right. Address. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was reading this episode and, and I was like, why did they do it with, you know, six one and sixteen. I, I, it's like even when people like tell me a, a phone number or or something. I hate when they go sixteen because I always have to go one six. Is that one six or six zero? You know that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And and then as I was working with the episode, I'm like, okay, I'm assuming that you guys did this for it. You had a very specific reason for making it six one and one six sixteen. I think it all has to do with deep hidden meaning, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I that figure, we can't, that's that why we I'm can't, asking now. We can't, we can't give that away. I think the fascinating thing to me is that Jimmy goes to all this trouble in 208. He goes to all this trouble to just make the tiniest change in the document. And you, I think when, yeah. when I watch that episode, I always think, why, why is he doing all this for this teeny? It's such a small change. It's such a small alteration that he does. Yeah. It's nothing big. But then it becomes big in this mm -hmm. episode, yep. and and it becomes big because it's it's. Um, but he knew it was going to be big. He I think knew he knew it, he knew that. I, yeah, no, this is a very interesting point you raise because I think he did know that he was throwing Chuck off, but I don't think he knew what that would mean to Chuck. And I, yeah. I, this is I think this the, the tragedy for me between Jimmy and Chuck. You is mean that being the, the worst professional disaster of his yes, life? Yes, <laughs> I think I think that Jimmy doesn't. I, I don't think he knew how much this was going to shake Chuck. I don't okay. think he knew that this would that Chuck wouldn't be able to let go of this, uh, and he certainly didn't know that Chuck would be able to figure out uh, figure out he, what yeah, he had done, yeah, yeah. what he in, had done in great detail. Yeah, like yes. really, really Perfect figured detail. it out. Well, you know, he deduces from a, anyone else I would say, you know, you just made I made a mistake. I'm going to move on with my. But Chuck. Is, is so invested in, in being perfect and in, in doing everything right yeah. that he he correctly actually backtracks to what what Jimmy did yeah. and he knows his brother he knows his brother in some ways and doesn't know him at all in others yeah. and so I, that's, that's 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 something that's fascinating and of course in this we have this scene that's to my mind it's of course is is kind of daring because on the page all it was was a banking commission <laughs> talking about talking about this address you right. made you made a banking commission meeting very <laughs> exciting i hats off to you and well, the actors you, and uh, but you this banking commission meeting is it's riveting, and it's like yeah. they're talking about shit. Like, who cares? Yeah, it's but all you about, do care. It's you all do about care. interaction, and it's all about 
It's all about the relationships of, of other people to to what's going on. And the way he shot it with these raking shots, where he puts more than one people in, more than one yeah. actor in frame, and we get like how angry uh, Kevin is yeah. and how um, accommodating uh, Paige is trying to be. And how totally and how dismissive Chuck, Chuck is to yeah, Paige. And, He's and so just like, ah, I think I know yeah, what I'm talking exactly. about. He's muddying like, the water. He is not wearing his special suit with the... You know, with the lining, the lining, right. lining, lining in it, so yeah. he's out there by him. You know, he's out there on his own. Another thing, and then Jennifer Howard, to make. Yeah. Yeah, and then Howard nine, nine, nine. is sitting there going, "Oh no, it's going to be okay. It's going to be." I mean, and, but yeah. but you so had a great. Going on. We talked about this in the editing room, and it and 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 Peter did shoot it beautifully. But there's something else going on here as well, and you you described it very well in the editing room. The idea of you were saying how a lot of big movies and whatnot, we all all of us who tell stories tend to make the mistake every now and then to. The stakes, you hear this a lot in writer seminars. The stakes have to be high. The stakes have to be high. Mm -hmm. You know, the world has to be about to explode. There needs to be a meteor headed for the earth. There needs to be zombies. There needs to be, and, and all that stuff can make for great drama, but I like the way you put it in the editing room the other day. Well, I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I think my the theory, the working theory, and the only way you can approach a scene like this is it's important to Chuck. Yeah. And, that, and that it means yeah. this being having this go smoothly and and coming out and feeling that he's he's mm -hmm. still on his game. It means the world to Chuck. It's his whole identity, and because it's so meaningful to him, hopefully, it, and because it becomes, we care about him on yes. some level, we care about him, even though we. I think a lot of people probably despise him, but uh, but they're still interested they're, in, yeah. in in him. And and you put it very well. You said it, it, I'm just I'm just adding to what you just said, but it's. It's not necessarily about the stakes. You always hear this in the writer seminars. The stakes mm -hmm. have to be high. Mm -hmm. The stakes don't have to be high, but you have to, you got to care about the characters. Yeah. And if the stakes are high to them, even if it's, mm -hmm. okay, right. I got a 6-1 transposed with a 1-6, and I'm here in front of the, uh, the uh, New Mexico State Banking Commission, and I'm looking like a fool. I mean, to me, I watch this. It's as riveting as, as any movie I've ever seen about the earth coming to an end. Well, I mean, he's, so, he's so prideful. I mean, he's such a prideful guy that he spent a year hiding in his house so that people wouldn't see what had become of him. And so he's finally walking out there and kind of like feeling his his power again. And then to be so humiliated over that the pride. tiniest, tiniest yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and, a one-six. And, you know, I think that this is probably the most... Uh, yeah, I am not the most experienced director. This is probably the most speaking roles I've ever had in a scene. Yeah. And these these guys were all so great. Uh, for Rex Lynn and Kara Pifko and, of course, uh, of course uh, Fabian. Uh, Patrick Fabian. And, uh, and also, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Michael Chifo, who plays the banking commissioner, who's somebody uh, I, I've known... On and off, I haven't. We haven't talked in a long time, but I've known him uh, since the 1980s when his wife was in one of my student films. Oh yeah, one of my student wow. films at USC. So this it was it was very rewarding to come back and and get to talk about his his daughter who's now in college, wow. and I knew him before they were married. So it's it's uh, he's he's a wonderful actor. He's somebody, folks, probably you might half recognize. He's one of these uh, journeyman uh, actor, a wonderful actor. He's been in things like LA Confidential and just, right. you, he's, he's all over the place and he, he really he really brought it. And you know, that's uh, the, really, if you have the right cast for these, every single one of these actors brought uh, a different attitude and, and they bring their own point of view 
their own, their character's point of view to the scene, which makes makes you know my job really easy because it's it's all about just getting it getting it on. No. on Did film. you think of Michael or was that our casting folks? I think I I think I thought of Michael. Uh, he's somebody I I've wanted to get on the show, and I was I was very happy. I think he just he just did a wonderful job because again it's he's everything he's saying is uh, it's so routine. But he brings, you know, he's he's also the idea was that this is a guy who Chuck should get along with. Who actually, yeah. actually Chuck has all the all the uh, going into this. He's got everything in his favor, yeah. and he's not being a dick about no, it. He's, he's just not. he's just like I'm sorry, but you guys should have double checked. And he's just I love I love that the the drama in the scene again. Not to keep beating on it, but it's that you care about even if you don't think you don't like Chuck. Still, you you you're invested in Chuck on some fundamental level, and Chuck is it's so mortifying what Chuck's going through, and everyone else is basically being pretty civil to him. Kevin, the big guy next to him, who's the head of the bank, uh, the uh, Rex, who does a great job, he's mad as hell. He's yeah. about to he's about to you he know. He just uh, paid a lot of money for this high yeah. big, but, big guy law firm. And, and, but it but it's not. No one's going to die here. The no. the stakes are not that high. That's it's true. not life or death. And yet I'm just riveted every time I watch well, I'm it. Glad it's, what you're saying. It's great. Uh, I mean, I I was there I, the day they shot that, oh. and I will tell you, Rex, an old friend, and oh, yeah? and the excitement that he had. He was so happy he was doing the show, and nice. wanted to do the show as well as Kara. You know, I talk to the two of them, and the, I, I find that with a lot of the guest actors that they're they're very excited to be there. Nice, that's yeah. that's wonderful. And of course, then we went we went off. I think that even after we finished that, we went off and shot that little uh, scene at the bar, mm-hmm. where where that's you buy you buy scene. every you buy everyone around, and there are a couple of moments in this episode which are so much fun for me to watch because Mike. Is in a better mood. He's in. He's yeah. in a better place when, uh, for for a big chunk of this episode. Oh, the and, great scene with uh, Fran, the waitress. Yes. Well, there's also so De- much. Debriana Mancini. Yes. He seems uh, so, so much good. of a it's charming. It's charming. It's yeah. really charming. It's, it's just like she's so wonderful. It's like these two could be happy together, maybe. Yeah, I, I love. I love the way. I mean, you haven't seen this yet, Jonathan. But the, after you have this little flirtatious conversation with her. You look about away. shoveling snow. About shoveling snow. snow yeah. Then you look away, and there's this. You, you take a sip, you sip a coffee, and then you, you have this little smile that plays a lot across your face, like chuckle. maybe I'm not. Maybe it's not all over for me after all. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's, there, it's wonder. It's I a wonderful moment. I still got moment. it. I still got it. <laughs> you know, you got to love flirtation. Yeah. Always. You know, I, I was going to mention too that you know, um, what you guys are talking about, how like it's just about banking and and you know. Nowadays, it almost seems like, you know, as audience members, we've pretty much seen every scenario. There's nothing really that shocking anymore. It doesn't matter if somebody's, you know, I mean, I'm not even going to bring, you know, scenario up, but it's just like there's nothing really shocking. The thing is that's important in storytelling nowadays is how your characters react to whatever that is. Yeah, it's, but it's got to be about a character. The it's got to be characters character. that you, that characters that you care about. Exactly. Because if you don't care about the characters, you can have all manner of slam bang, atomic bombs going off, cars doing barrel rolls through the air. Right. But if you don't care about any of the characters involved, it's right. How, it's how does just, it affect? It's, it's, it's just all uh, well, sound and fury. And we right. we have such an advantage because. Uh, with it, our characters, people get to live with these characters for hours and hours. You know, it's not over. That's what in I love 90, about TV. Ninety or hundred minutes. We've 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 got a every, our viewers 
especially people who've watched Breaking Bad, have had a history with Mike that goes back years. And I can't begin to tell you the number of people, I think I can say it now after all these years, that'll come up to me and say how much they care about Mike, how they cared with we, what we, yeah. 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 And, you know, that's of course, if, if you thought all that mattered was how things come out, if that's, if then you wouldn't care what happened to Mike because we've seen, we've seen what his that's ultimate true. fate is already. And yet, you know, we all know that we have the same ultimate fate. Yes, we do. And so, and we so, ain't getting out we of better, here. We Get better. shot by Walter White. That's right. On the side of a river. Yes, we all. We it could happen to any of us at any time. <laughs> you know, Bre Breaking Bad is really full of spoilers for Better Call Saul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, don't watch Breaking Bad first. By the way, by the way, there's a whole generation of people now who who can and maybe should. I don't know. I have start several. With, start with Better Call I know Saul. several people who have never seen Breaking Bad who are watching Better Call How do you Saul. know them? I've, you should just not know them no, anymore. I, I know. It's crazy. You know, it's, <laughs> there are people who work. I'm not going to drop any names. There are people who work on this show who've still never seen Breaking Bad. That is ridiculous. Wait a minute. Who? Who? Yeah. I'm not dropping Off with their head. I'm not publicly outing anybody. Yeah, but you know. Wait a minute. I you know, know one you know, so, you know some yeah, of them. That's true. That's true. I'll tell you what. I'm still working on the show. I still like them. I'm coming around to, I think it's better to do a prequel that it is a sequel. Oh. Uh, uh, what did I say the other day, excuse the expression, I said, you do, a, you do a sequel and you're pretty much shooting your wad or you've already shot your wad. In a prequel, it's about how you, you've gotten there. And, you know, I'm not truly clear about it, but I like doing the prequel. I think you're, yeah. you're, you're I, yeah. I have a theory, uh, like I have about a lot of things that, that well, how a sequel to Breaking Bad for you would have sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, be that, like if Francisco Franco is still well, dead. That's, <laughs> <laughs> Generalissimo. Generalissimo. Uh, there's another, that's a, it would be, it's, it's how things happen. Ultimately, it's more interesting than what happens. You know, you can synopsize, you know, any idiot can synopsize uh, you know, a, a, a great book, you know, Charles Dickens book or uh, any any other book or play that you want. You can always synopsize it in five sentences. Uh, you can always, but it's, it's it's how it plays out that, that is ultimately what's interesting. And I don't want to, I know we, we're going to run out of time really soon. We have but to I run talk out about time. so much. I ha we, there's, <laughs> this episode is so jam-packed. I just, I just, I do have to mention uh, the amazing work that Michael McKeon does in this cop. Also, oh, yeah. Bob, the Bob. But also, also the yeah. flag, the flag. The flag sequence. All right, well, one at a time. Talk about so the talk flag. About, talk, start, talk about that amazing scene with Michael. Michael. And, and Ray and Bob. Uh, well, there's, oh, there's, there's the, of course, there's that the amazing jacuzzi. The jacuzzi scene where, where finally, uh, I don't know what there is. Chris boy, cut that. I, I, Chris cut this, this cut wonderful that. scene. Uh, was it hard to cut? Uh, yes. well, it was a lot. It was really hard to actually, um, in, in sort of in the Breaking Bad sense, where there's an embarrassment of riches, that there are a lot of great things, and it's such a complicated emotional scene. But there's not a lot going on that it, and it's it does that thing that we've talked about on the podcast. So, but that this show and Breaking Bad did so well is where you have three people in a scene. They're all have different uh, viewpoints, and they're all right. Right. Yeah, in their in their head, they're in, yeah. in from and, their perspective, all of them are correct. And what you're also doing is you're recapping you're recapping stuff that we the audience already know. You know, mm -hmm. really, the only thing we Which don't know tricky. in the scene yeah. is 
that now Chuck knows and how is that knowledge affecting the other two characters? Right. Yeah. And how is Kim going to But yeah, we're, we're you're basically recapping information that we the audience already know. Which we try like hell to avoid you know, typically. Yeah. We do try. You know what I love about the way Mike you know, this is one of those situations mm-hmm. and it's a mixed bag for a director in some ways because as soon the actors walked in and they were so prepared mm-hmm. that if I, there were a way for me to plant little cameras all over the set and just have them do it, I would have been very happy because they came in and they did such, they were so prepared, they were so on. That, that, but unfortunately we had to, we had to get, we had to get all the pieces. Uh, but, but it's, it, they were, they were so great. It was just a matter of getting it on, onto, onto digital, you onto wanna... film. But the, the, uh, to, for me, that one of the things I love about the way Michael plays it is it's a little bit like an Agatha Christie. It's a little bit like Hercule Poirot or or, uh, or Sherlock Holmes at the end of a at the end of a movie telling you how it all happened. And yeah. he's he is like a, a detective telling you. And there's yeah. this fascinating in its own way. And Michael, who I happen to know from looking at the books that he's reading, likes he likes mysteries. And I, I could tell he was I, without even talking about it. He kind of tuned in to that vibe cool. of the the jacques, as as you're calling it. And then, of course, but the jacuzzi is always you require a judge. And in this scene, Kim is the judge. And, yes. and I, I, for me, it was so rewarding to see Ray's character, to see Kim finally stand up to Chuck. Yeah. Uh, she, they had, the two of them had that great scene in episode five where he was, he was uh, talking about the past with Jimmy. Yeah. And now, and, and she, she couldn't say anything. And Ray's car- Ray is, when Ray came in to talk, hopefully you've listened to all these podcasts, one of th- she said something I thought was so interesting was that when the character doesn't speak, it's because they're choosing not to speak. Right. And now she yeah. finally chooses to speak, and she 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 puts him in his place. I th- and, she, and she doesn't do it with with extreme prejudice, as no. it were. She doesn't do it. And I love the way she does it. She doesn't. I wouldn't say she does it cold bloodedly either. She does it simply and quietly, and she does not intend to be hurtful but she does intend to speak the truth and it is nonetheless very cutting and hurtful to him but it doesn't come from a place of trying to damage the guy further these guys these guys just came in and they crushed it that was a really fun scene to write uh it it, it was just it was because because these characters all had such strong points of view and of course bob is is bob keeps uh jimmy keeps interjecting sort of trying to put Put a put a stick into the spokes of Chuck's uh, Chuck's wheels, and uh, it just doesn't work. The only thing that works is uh, is Kim, and of course we have the the tw- the twist in the piece or the, the our act two out, which is yeah. that Kim Kim s- sees everything. You know, she's right. not she's not blinded by her affection to Jimmy. She knows exactly who he is, and he's put her into a. Uh, an incredibly difficult situation. You put her into a bad situation, really has. but she makes the choice at that point. She makes the choice to to go with him, um, and she's really pissed off at him in the next scene in mm-hmm. the car. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, he has um, what is it? It's is it collusion? I mean, you know, basically, he has involved her in made fraud. her an accessory after the fact. And she has yeah. the choice. She at that point, she she could just call up the the Mesa Verde people and say, I I can't take the case. She could she could do that and she doesn't and she so in some ways Jimmy has uh, 
This is has a, pulled her. Has pulled this her is into a scam his world. that has yes. huge, you know, ramifications. Is one of these. I things. love how she punches him in the arm. She can't yeah. think any other way to express yeah. it. Yeah. And true. and and Bob originally wasn't gonna. So you had to, uh, Jennifer, you had to put a, a yes. pad under underneath this shirt because right? she she said to me, "I'm gonna really whack him." And so I had to put a little a little liner. And so. he said he didn't want to do it or something. Oh, Bob did not want yeah. to put a wearing yeah, kind of pad. No, I would have. I, I she. She gave it to him good. Oh, that would have hurt your hand too. It's probably better for her that you put the pad on. Yeah. There. She is strong. She's strong. She's strong. Punch yes. him like that. You seen her with her with a with a with a with the sleeveless shirt? She's oh, got you some, see those she's, toned arms? She's got she guns. Has? She's got she's guns. Got guns. Oh yes. Oh yes. She's, but I yeah I was like great. I was like Bob, why don't you want to wear this? Come on, man. She's gonna punch the shit well, out of you, and you can, you're gonna have to do like twenty takes yeah, of it. And, and Algato, Al, 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 our I be able to use that arm the next day. Algato, our stunt coordinator, was also quite insistent. Another thing I just have to say, speaking of stunts uh is this and speaking of actors doing stunts uh michael mckeon does a stunt yes in this mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. that is uh that is really impressive uh and of course you had but one of the things that aided him in that stunt is that he's actually when he does his fall he actually is on a single wire al al devised this very very clever stunt uh where he's where uh he was able to basically release his weight uh, and have the the have this wire that was very carefully placed mm-hmm. um, save him from actually hitting his head on the table. Yes. And but that was a wire, and we we dealt with this. We've dealt with this before. But there's a wire that comes off off of his off of his clothing. And yes. what do you have to what do you so, have to do about so that? So here's here's an example also of of. You know what might seem like two very diverse depart- departments or, or crafts, but working very closely together. And and Al's wonderful, so he, we'll meet up, and he goes, "Look, I have to put a, what's called a pick point." So there's a there's certain you know I guess it's maybe more physics, and Al could probably explain it better than I could. But there are certain points where you where you put the there's a harness, and then there is a a, a clip. And that's the pick point, and it changes the fulcrum of the body and weight. So when he drops him, it will just sh- stop short of him hitting his head. So we will have conversations of the workability of the clothing, so that in you know in editing you guys don't see the the lift, you know that that little mm-hmm. peak of clothing. Um, so we work really closely together, and that's like just like a whole nother aspect. Of, of what I do, so yeah. having to know a little bit about the physics of the body, stunts, and and Al's awesome. So yeah, we worked. So on your that job too. is not just shopping. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Another another thing that's funny about that stunt is we were sitting. We we Al presented this stunt to us um, to all the producers. We were sitting around a table, and he had a stunt artist do this amazing fall oh. and hit his head on the table and fall down. And and he said, then we'll have Michael do this. And we all said, no, that's we can't. <laughs> that's this is this is that. this is scary because yeah. it really looked like it hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and Al said, no, it's actually it's okay. And, and and we were going back and forth. And finally, I said, Al, is this is this still set up anywhere? And so that weekend, I went and did the stunt. Oh, you did to it prove yourself? to yeah. prove to myself that we weren't going to hurt Michael, <laughs> and 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 that was I think what Al. How showed. long did you spend in the hospital? Uh, it was still you know, recovering. Was, yeah. I'll tell you, it was really it was really fun, and it's very inter- you 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 guys you in the cast. It's, it's it's such a fun thing to to get to 
to step into your shoes slightly for just a moment because there was Al directing me how to do this mm -hmm. fall so it would be most effective and I probably did it and it was it was it was I probably did it 15 or 20 times maybe we'll put it on the DVD oh yeah that'd be good uh, it's a little embarrassing but it's, I did it a oh, bunch of great. a bunch of times and uh, it, it I saw that it was safe and it was actually kind of fun and it was fascinating to have Al uh, direct me because Al does direct the actors when they do a stunt. He'll say, you know, and you, he says, you know, maybe if you lead with a shoulder or, you know, I'm seeing your head, I'm seeing your, you, I'm seeing you protect your head here, do this and that, and you get familiar with the, the rig. And so you, you learn to trust him. And uh, our cast is so wonderful about trusting, uh, trusting Al and the rest of the effects team because there, there's always something that looks like it could be deadly uh, or dangerous, and we know that Al is going to watch out. Is always going to watch out for the safety of the cast. And I think Al actually showed the video of me doing this this stunt to Michael, and that so Michael could see that another another guy of similar age was was doing this instead of it being a stunt guy. And Michael did a beautiful. It, it hurt every time we watched him do it. It hurt. Yeah, it really uh, it does yeah, look very watching painful. It, you kind of like you mean, you mean it looked like it, it hurt. It looked like it hurt. It hurt the viewer, right. but not but not but not not yeah. Michael. I think actually the harder thing for him to do was the simpler one, which was uh, on the floor, at letting his head fall to the floor right. a little bit, which is actually I think was. It looked less dire, but it was actually trickier to do. And there was actually padding underneath that floor. It's kind right. of a fake floor. And also there was padding on the edge, uh, even with the pick point and the cable. There was also padding right on the edge of the... Uh, was there? Was there? Yeah, there yeah, definitely, definitely was. Definitely. Yeah. There yeah, was. There yeah, was. It was very the safe. I mean, it looks oh, yeah. very dangerous, but in, it was, it was in reality, There was a little bit of foam safe. there. It's the magic of the movies. Okay, yeah. we are getting pinched here about uh, time, but I want you to talk about two things. Okay. okay? The flag and the and the uh, the song, and I want to talk about this the big scene with Jonathan and Michael Mando. Oh, what is there? Well, the flag. Sixty seconds. Quick. Quick. The flag <laughs> sequence. I mean, look, the, look. Anytime you got your film crew you back put, together. Anytime, yes. Anytime you have uh, you have Bob Odenkirk and Josh Fadum and Julian Julian uh, and also our new. New character we call the drama girl Haley Holmes. I don't she know how. So good. I don't know how these guys know a girl. Uh, I'm I, assuming maybe <laughs> she's she's Sound Guy's sister, That's perhaps. What I think that too. could work. And and I love the way uh, Jennifer dresses the three of them. Yeah. Yeah, these, I love course, the way she's dressed. Yes. And what drama about your girl. Abbey Road shot? And and, and we had, it was so much fun having so these much. guys having these guys work together. And then we got to do this uh, giant uh, this 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 uh, big dolly shot where. Uh, I mean, you know, and these things, you know, it's easy for the directors. I want to do a dolly shot across a public street. But then, you know, but we had, you That's know. That's why this, you want to be a director. You say that and then you you're like, that. now I'm going to go have a sandwich. Now I'm going to have a sandwich. Yeah. And Tell me when out. you're ready. And Christian, Christian, Christian and his whole crew have to figure out how to close the street and when they can close the street. And if you look carefully in the background of that yes. shot, you actually see the coffee shop where you, right. Vince, staged uh, that amazing hit. With the two, the two, uh, the two, the twins. Well, the twins, their, the skate, the, the, the skate, skate rat twins. twins. Skate yeah. rat twins did their big, uh, yeah. their big switcheroo in in, uh, the, in the pilot. So it's our little world all kind of hangs together. Well, who decided shout out about to those the song? guys? I want to see those yes. guys. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, They're great. funny. Who decided about the song? Rupert Holmes. Yeah, Rupert, Rupert Holmes. Holmes. <laughs> that was out of the writers' room, and you know the funny trivia about Rupert Holmes. Yeah. He actually wrote AMC's original. TV show, AM, the first TV first scripted show, show, the first scripted wow. show that AMC ever did was a show called Remember When, 
And it was produced. W E N N. It was produced and directed by uh, a friend of mine, Howard Meltzer, and Rupert Holmes, who wrote the Pina Colada song and also uh, the the Broadway musical uh, Drood. Uh, He he actually wrote every single episode of uh, Remember When. And so this is uh, wow. this is a little shout out to the history of the AMC network. And we we've never met the man. Uh, he's a very talented gentleman. It, and it was not a shout out. Uh, it should be noted. It was not a shout out to the AMC of it all or the history of that. It was a very fine show. But it, that's really not what we were thinking no. in the writers' room. It just just the idea of of Jimmy singing the Pina Colada the song Pina Colada. seemed right. Yes. And the idea of of a celebrity. But not a celebrity like you know, like uh, you know, uh, a former president went here, you know, to the school, or or uh, <laughs> or you know, uh, you know, whatever, uh, you know, Jimmy Stewart went here or something. But just it just seemed like the perfect. It just seemed right in the room. Show to all business of us trumps it. all. Yeah, and, and, and it's, I, it's, I love the way the ladies played it too. The principal and the assistant principal, or the I love the those ladies did a fine job. That's right, Roseanne and Wendy. Uh, they they were they they're were so great. real. And then of course uh, Haley. Uh, the the uh, makeup uh, the drama girl is she's kind of nodding her head and enjoy enjoying she's the kind song. of kind of she's dancing along you know, this yeah. is one of those situations and Chris <laughs> cut this scene and this is one of those one of those scenes it's tricky to cut because you want to be everywhere right you want to see you want to see every just Josh and Julian had wonderful reactions uh, of being kind of worried about Jimmy 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 going out on a limb here and then Haley was kind of jazzing with it and it's you want it to be everywhere well it's like and it's like we talked about it's it's a little bit like the the coin con in uh, 110 right. that we did which is you you it has to move at a certain pace mm-hmm. because they're really pulling one over on somebody but but it also has to feel realistic and then this has the complication of a person who really doesn't understand being in on the con, right, which yes. is the girl who just like totally <laughs> throws a wrench. It's like, isn't he English? <laughs> <laughs> and that that Jimmy of just like, and the, the the guys being like, oh shit, here we go, and and Jimmy feeling, you know, co- recovering so quickly, which you know, slipping Jimmy can. Can kind of talk his way so out of much, anything. Yeah. It's so much, boy. I would love to see this commercial because he's been working on this commercial for a couple of episodes. Do you think now. we're ever going to see this commercial? I wonder. I wonder if we'll ever see this <laughs> commercial because we'll it's actually it. he started it in seven. You saw him uh, recruit recruit these two guys, That's right? And then in eight, we had the the, fu- the scene with Fudge, with Fudge, oh, uh, yeah. with the Fudge which, which which we talked about in the uh, two hundred eight the two hundred eight podcast. And now here he's doing something at a school with a flag. What the hell is this all going to add up to? What do you think, Vince? I, okay. lo- I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see it. Maybe never. I Maybe don't know. never. That'd be a shame, wouldn't it? Okay. Maybe but, a good DVD extra. By the way, I love your line. Uh, you want to be a filmmaker? Grow a pair. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I love that. Hopefully that'll be a big quote. Nah, okay. okay, so what about the Mando scene with or the Banks and Mando? Well, they, you know, this is, this is uh, anytime you get uh, Jonathan Banks in a scene, you're always grateful. Uh, and, and this was... Uh, this was Jonathan and Michael Mando, and and there, this is uh, uh, Mike has been in a pretty good mood for through this episode, and now here he gets the news that uh, just like Jimmy scam in last episode, Mike's Mike's flawless heist in the teaser actually had some terrible side effects that he wasn't ex- expecting. And uh, Jonathan, do you want to talk about? Do you want to say anything about that scene? Uh. Uh, no, not, I want to hear what you have to say. Actually. Well, because one of the things that I find so interesting about Mike scenes is that um, uh, this, you have this 
Mike is so uh, he's he's such a cool customer. And then you have here we have um, here we have uh, 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 Nacho Nacho who's hot under the collar, and you can see and I and, and Michael Mando plays it beautifully because he's he's thrown off his game. You can see there he's going to have to go out and he he's going to have to do something he really doesn't want to do, which is probably participate in the torture of this of this uh, of this driver. At least that's the implication of the yep. scene to me. And you could see his his eyes are shiny at some points because he's he's uh, he's that agitated. And Mike Mike is cool and he's can control the scene. And then at the end of the scene, he finds out there was this good Samaritan who's this uh, who was uh, just killed as a side effect. Yeah. And then that's that's what I what I love about how you play that scene is that is that suddenly you see the effect of that. On, on, on well, I mean, that's the only thing I can tell you is that the best laid plans and no good deed goes unpunished, but it's uh, is the angst of now what am I going to have to go yeah. through? Yeah. What's coming up next? Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm thrown by it. Mike has such a strong sense of justice that you got to wonder. And of course, hopefully the audience is wondering what what is he going to do next? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you were saying that Ray mentioned on, on an earlier podcast about characters not being silent they're choosing not to speak i don't think you can find any greater example of that than mike i mean mike always is choosing not to speak he's so deliberate with what he says he's always waiting until the right time so when he's silent it it's it's loud almost louder than when most people are speaking it's loud um and the idea that somebody an innocent has been killed is just you know more loss of the soul yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. It, that. That pain, I, to me, it's a different, um, it's a different reaction than maybe we would have expected from Mike. It's it's uh, there's more. He's more surprised. He's more wrong-footed there. Yeah, I'm I, in answer to that. I mean, my answer to you right now because we've completed the season. Yeah, is still, what am I going to do here? Mm-hmm. That's that's the simple answer I give you about what I'm going through right now. And where you guys are going to take me? Awesome, so Joey. Well, this is well, we got to let Joey uh, tell the world what he really thinks about his boss before we sign uh, off. Yeah, here. here's your chance. Let, let it all let out, Joey. Lose, Joey. Come the on. nicest Joey. boss anyone could ever have. Oh, you wimp! Oh, yeah. Peter's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Joey. Joey got to do uh, therapy. He would drive me to set every morning, and he'd see me, he'd see me with my my flop sweat and angst every morning. And Joey was uh, is Joey's always like a rock. Joey's yeah, you are. Guy. We're we're lucky to Thank have you. Joe. Yeah, Joe is a great guy. And before you were uh, Peter's assistant, you were Michelle McLaren's. I was Michelle. That's McLaren's. where you got yeah. your training, right that's, there. That's a different pace. That's, that's where you got your training. Up <laughs> <laughs> through production on on Breaking Bad. On Breaking Bad. On Breaking yes. Bad. Yes. Joe, Joe, you're going to get married. Uh, yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Congratulations. So, Jennifer, you're going to get married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait. I got a question. But I'm not marrying Joey. No. <laughs> but you would. That would be I cute. I would if I could. Yeah. That'd be cute. It would be cute. Joey, d- Joey, do her parents know about this? Uh... Yes. Oh, of course. My of course. God. Of course. <laughs> Congratulations. And Jennifer's going you. to Jamaica yes, to get I'm married. Go you going to take the boat? <laughs> no, no. I told you the boat, boats are, are out. Boats are out. Boats are out. Tell that to the Jamaican fishing and tourism. Oh, yeah, you know what? That's right. Even boats the people from is. Cuba don't have to take that, right? No. 
But well, uh, I hope you guys can come to the wedding. I I hope so too. And then you got some wonderful news. I did. We're I so did. proud of you. Uh, you say it. I don't know. No, you say it. Oh, Jesus, just say it. Oh, just give me a break here. <laughs> I am going to get an honorary doctorate from Indiana University in the humanities, and it's one of the greatest thrills of my entire life. Um, I feel so honored, and I have a great affection for that school. And the communication school, which used to be the old library, my grandfather, who had to drop out of school in the sixth grade, and all he wanted was education, laid the stone in 1908 wow. for that, that building, of which there's a statue of Ernie Pyle out front. Wow. So it's a big deal to me, big deal. I'd love to be able to say something smart because that's just my nature, but I have nothing smart to say. I'm, I'm overwhelmed and entirely grateful. That's so when's this gonna happen, Jonathan? Uh, hopefully before this podcast, um, because I'm not supposed to be saying anything. Um, April, I think April the 11th or 12th. Hold on. That's Which, wonderful. We're so proud of you. Yeah. So you're going to go and get one of those robes? And I a, get a and robe a, and a hat and a hat. And, a, and, a hat. and we have to call awesome. you doctor now. You bet you Dr. do. Dr. Banks. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be on the oh call sheet. Uh, what is my wife going to do? She calls me Mr. Banks now. Is she going to call me one doctor? My grandfather thought that Indiana University was Valhalla, that you must, that you must go to school there, that that's the place that holds all knowledge. His, his father was an itinerant minister that went out and preached to people. And he made his, his two sons then take over and run the farm. And he made my grandfather drop out of school in the sixth grade. So I have some personal pretty choice words about that guy. But uh, my grandfather wanted all his kids to go to school, had a stroke, died when he was 58, um, and it was the heart of the Great Depression. He'd invested all his money in the quarries because they'd been good to him. Mm -hmm. And the quarries went belly up too. Yeah. And my mother, the youngest, was the only one that he hadn't been able to put through college. She went to work at 15 on her own totally on her own. Farm was sold for $3 an acre. And went to work in a Methodist parsonage's maid where they'd count the pieces of bread that she ate. And she managed to put herself through college. Indiana University asked her to leave because she was uh, anemic. And they found her a job in Washington, D.C. She was great at typing in shorthand. She became Admiral Wilson's private secretary. Um, pulled jackets from guys, the officers who died at Pearl Harbor wow. on December the 8th so that Wilson could write personal letters home. Anyway, she eventually graduated from college, that that little 15-year-old maid. Uh, and that little 15-year-old maid retired as a college professor. Oh, wow. wow. And so for me, well, that gives you an idea of what this means to me. Oh my God, what it means to me. Because I dropped out of school because I, beautiful young girl and I got pregnant and I had to go to work. And yeah, it's everything. I don't know what else to say. That's and excuse me for taking so much time. Yeah, so uh, thanks you guys for coming in on a Sunday and doing this. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. Thanks. thanks. Thank you. Joey. Thank you. Vince Peter. Thank you. Chris, yeah. as always. Thank you. Um, so Jennifer, 
Um, we've been doing something a little bit different this year. Uh, we want you to do in your best Saul Goodman uh, 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 imitation, Better Call Saul. Say it the way, say the way uh, Saul would say it. Or say it the way you'd Play say it. In a commercial. It. Oh, just my yourself. God. Just say it as yourself. No, okay. I want to say it Jamaican I wanna... style. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Better Call Saul. Yeah. Yay! That was great. That was a good one. I like that one. All right. All right. <laughs>